Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is the 1st of February, 2022. Joining us, it is our friend Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. We will talk about the Nationals uh, in terms of their new casino sports book that's open at the park. We'll have an update as well on the MLB lockout. And uh, Keith Law will give us some more thoughts on his top 100 prospects list. That just came out. A couple nationals on there. Some nationals not on there. We'll discuss why right after this. You are locked on nationals. Your daily Washington nationals podcast. Part of the locked on podcast network. Your team every day. All right, once again, everybody, I am Josh Neighbors here, your host of Locked On Nationals, joined today by our longtime friend, Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. Matt, it is nice talking. It's been a little bit. Uh, how are you doing, man? Doing well, Josh. Thanks for, for bringing me back on. Yeah, just, just gritting our way through this offseason. Luckily, football has been exciting enough to keep us tied over for now, but uh, that won't be the case come February 13th after the Super Bowl. At that point, it's just going to be where is the lockout and when is baseball coming back. So I'm really hoping that we can get some momentum in that direction soon. I guess we can start there, right? John Heyman had a, a tweet today that said things are, are looking good for an on, on start time for pitchers and catchers reporting. Um, this was my concern. This was kind of the big thing is like, we already messed these dudes up once in the last three or four years, two or three years, right? With the shortened season last year. Then we give them a full season the next year. And then if we shorten it the next season, I'm concerned about how these guys are vamping up and, and getting ready to go. That, you know, where does, I mean, sure, the sport as, as a whole, uh, you have some concerns, but the sport will continue. Baseball is going to be played at some point in time, right? Major League Baseball is not going away anywhere. My concern goes to the pit, mostly pitchers who need to ramp up. Where does your concern go right now? Yeah, you know, I think any of the prospect of losing games is really the big thing for me. Uh, if, if the season is going to start on time, then we really need to see a resolution uh, happening by the last week of February, maybe the first couple of days of March. If we don't have a resolution by that point, games are going to be missed or delayed or, or if there's something along those lines. And that's a stain on the, fort that, on the sport that I just don't think it can afford at this point. You know, you mentioned the pitchers. They're, they're going to need to at least have a month to ramp up. Uh, plus, everybody's going to need about a week to travel. So you really need to have a good four or five weeks in between the CBA being reached and the season starting. Uh, so for every week that we kind of get past that that first week of March, that's just more and more complications that we're going to be enduring this season. Yeah, my question, my big question, question is, why can't the league and the Players Association work on a new resolution during the season? Like, is you know, I'm not actually 100% sure of this. Is there some letter of the law that says that while a current agreement is had, you can't work on the next one? Because to me, if they knew they were going to take, there's a good chance they were going to take so much of December off, which they did, and it pushes you to January, and there's a chance you don't find common ground in January, then you're up against it in February. And now it's unlikely you get a deal done before the season starts. 
Like, why can't you negotiate before it's up? Is there, do you know if there's a reason why? Is that something you You can set some light on? Yeah, you know, they could conceivably come up with a one-year deal uh, and decide we're going to play out this season, but we're going to continue to negotiate behind the scenes and, you know, give ourselves an extra 12 months to figure something out. And that's something that is totally in the realm of of possibility in terms of uh, it's possible that they could do it. But uh, losing games is leverage, leverage for both sides. It's leverage for the owners because players depend on their salaries, you know, for a living. Uh, And it's, it's leverage for the players because owners, depend on the, the multi-million dollars the gambling advertisements ticket sales merchandise all that kind of stuff uh, both sides are losing significant amounts of money uh, and both sides are going to be using that as leverage to convince the others to give themselves some urgency to kind of bend on certain areas that they want them to bend on uh, and right now is kind of where we're at with the standstills because neither side has really been able to been willing to budge we saw a little bit of of leniency of both sides being willing to kind of come back from their initial ass for the first time. Uh, that was about last week if they were each were kind of willing to take a step forward. Uh, but the negotiations that happened today, none of that was really occurring. Uh, and until we continue to see more momentum in that direction, I don't think either side is going to be willing to play out a season. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Um, because, you know, you think about this, like both the players and owners lost games two years ago. Uh, and with that was, uh, you know, attendance and, and ticket sales and whatever. A lot of owners also lost that too last year, right? The Nationals, one of those teams that did not have full capacity for a decent portion of the beginning of the season. And now we're facing that again. And it's it's such an unfortunate thing for baseball because they do have some positive things going for it. Most of the stars they have in this game, but they wreck all positive momentum they have. Um, part of that is the baseball writers. I'll say, I think for your and I's generation, seeing the Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens not getting in was generally negative. I didn't see a whole lot of positive responses towards Bonds and Clemens not getting into the Hall of Fame. And I also don't think losing games is going to be positive. And look, here's the thing. Those baseball writers who, uh, who you know, voted no on Bonds and Clemens are much closer to, you know, the end of their term in this world than you and I are. I don't be more of it, but like, that's how it is, right? We are the next generation, uh, you know, adult generation, if you will, of baseball fans. And look, I actually, I work with a lot of kids. I teach broadcasting camps. And the one thing kids are never itching to talk about is baseball. They're not, they're just not. So I, I, I promise you if Barry Bonds was playing right now, they definitely would be. But this is this is like the problem. Of the sport is like they routinely shoot themselves in the foot, and to me, it's like not just like a, oh, we're, we're screwing ourselves up. It's more of like a failure to identify what's positive and then uh, roll with it. If that makes sense, right? How do we identify what people like? How do we keep going? Yes, playing games is positive, generally speaking. But like, you know, it kind of started to me when uh, Rob Manfred made the comments about Mike Trout. You know, saying uh which you market himself more. It's like, what do we do? What? Why, why are we saying this about our, our, our biggest star? Like that was kind of got the, got the ball rolling and now not playing games, especially when you have a generation of this crop of stars is younger than any crop of stars we've ever had. Juan Soto is young. Um, Juan Suero is young. Fernando Tatis Jr. is young. All these guys are young. And now you're, you know, you're robbing these young, Shoyatani is Relatively speaking, uh, you know, a, well, a guy who's, so. yeah, not not like the most old guy in the world. We're just going to r- rob these young stars of now playing time. All the momentum we had. Otani just announced yesterday on the cover of the video game 
Don't rob yourself of time to market. That's all I feel like right now. I mean, the the, the crux of it is, is, is MLB and, and baseball in general just can't stop getting in its own way. You know, we, we have this, this ongoing lockout where it feels like, you know, fans feel like neither the players nor the, the owners have the fans' interests at heart here. It's about, you know, each of their own side. It's about MLB's lack of marketing, uh, you know, in, in on the on the really the local level where they don't put a ton of effort into, you know, Major League Baseball teams, local TV, TV ratings are generally better than the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, local MLB teams do better in their own markets than NBA teams, but national NBA games do much better than MLB. Yet here we are in a D.C. market seeing commercials with Christian Yelich and Mike Trout in it when those commercials should probably have Juan Soto and Steven Strasburg, right? Uh, you know, and if we're in a different market, we're over in Milwaukee, okay, then let's see Lorenzo Kane and Christian Yelich. You know, it's, it's we're getting this blanket advertising across the country when, you know, most fans in baseball identify with their local teams as opposed to national players and stars. And it's just, it's kind of a lack of understanding on MLB's part that it, it needs to step in. And, you know, that's, that's just the start of it. I mean, you know, we talk about the 60 game season, they couldn't come up with a, uh, you know, they could have been the first sport to come back during the pandemic. And they could have played a lot more than 60. It could have been a well, lot yeah, more than 60. It could have been at least 81 games, and it would have been, felt like more of a full season, and it would have mm-hmm. been a symbol, you know, for the for the rest of America uh, that, you know, hey, we're going to get through this pandemic, and, you know, MLB's leading the charge, and they weren't even able to do that. So, you know, the list really goes on of all the things that it could be doing better. You know, don't even get me started on uh, getting kids uh, more excited about the game and everything like that, but... Uh, you know, like I said, it's it's just baseball getting in its own way. Yeah, it's it's bad. And here's the thing is a lot of their money comes from the local TV contracts. Now, the TV stations love it because it's so many hours of programming, right? It just eats up. I mean, you can put it the, the pregame show, the postgame show. Now, Masson did cut some of that stuff. But generally speaking, you can have like four, you know, three to four, at least three, four plus hours of programming on a normal day surrounded by your baseball team which is great and also you can show some replay you now masters a lot of replays too so you know it's it's just great programming for the for these teams and um to your point more like a lot of the conversation about guys like Juan Soto what you know I, I this was happening during the MVP chase it was oh empty calories empty stats where's numbers no if, if you'd known Juan Soto down the back end nothing changed there's just it's the same player this wasn't like you know well uh, Soto, they're not afraid, you know, they'll pitch to him now because nobody around him. No, there's, you know, it was still the same thing. It was still standard. It was still Juan Soto. He's still great. The guy who was Nothing... walks in the All-Star game. Yes, exactly. It's same, same fellow was down the stretch. Their offense actually is pretty good on the stretch. People, people don't realize this. Um, but yeah, this is, this is the problem they have, like, is, is the inability to, to kind of star creation happens for them. Star, like, you know, just endorsement and making those things roll uh, is not. We'll talk about some future stars in a second. Quick word from our sponsors here. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you are starting yourself on a New Year's routine, let Built Bar be a part of it. Uh, Dish the candy bar. Grab the Built Bar. You guys can do it today. Go to Built.com. That is Built.com. Promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. LOCK15 for 15% off today at Built dot com all right so two prospects of the nationals on keith law's top 100 it was brady house it was Cade cavalli um you know for nationals fans who are upset matt the big thing is like a lot of their guys like can't be on there anymore right k ruiz has graduated um josiah gray has graduated uh luis garcia and and when carter Cuban graduated a long time ago but like 
all those guys have kind of graduated. That's why you know, I would have liked to see Jack Jackson Rutledge on there, right? That's a guy that I think we all believe maybe should be on there. Um, of that belief, but um, some of the other guys, the hopefuls, have kind of graduated already. Yeah, you know, Ruiz is a tough one because uh, if you look at the other prospect rankings, Baseball Prospectus and Baseball America, he's actually on there because it wasn't actually really widely known, uh, and Baseball Reference doesn't even have it right, that he actually exceeded rookie limits uh, last year, which is really a shame. Uh, he did it by two days. He was 46 mm. days spent on the active roster and 45 or more uh, exceeds rookie eligibility. And only since 2020 have days in September counted toward that total. The Nationals, of course, called up Ruiz. August, I believe it was August 30th uh, was the day they called him up. So it was literally just two days too many because uh, he had already spent some time on the major league roster with the Dodgers mm-hmm. uh, over the few years. And it's, it's kind of sucks for him because, you know, he was kind of robbed of a rookie year partially because the Dodgers were just so deep at catcher in their farm system. He was blocked by Will Smith. He had to basically repeat double A, despite the fact that he was probably ready to move on after his first season there. Uh, So he's been really just held down. I mean, he's been a top 100 prospect since 2018. That's how long he has been, you know, a widely considered, you know, top guy. Usually when you hit the top 100 list, you're probably, you know, in and out of the list uh, into the major leagues within a year or two. Uh, for him, he's just been year in, year out having to to be stuck in the minors. So he'll finally get his first full season uh, this year, but it will not be as a rookie, uh, which is unfortunate because I think he had a really good chance to win rookie of the year uh, this upcoming season. But the two guys that were on Keith Law's list, uh, Brady House, Kate Cavalli coming in at 46 and 48, respectively, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Cavalli was typically ranked higher uh, than House uh, in most other rankings, but we have Keith Law, who really gushed about Brady House uh, in this, yeah. we're literally comparing him to Aaron Judge, but a better <laughs> defender. I mean, what and he was like Joey Gallo, but but don't be sad about it. Positive Joey Gallo, How, good but good power Joey Gallo. I mean, this is right. this is a guy whose raw power on the twenty eighty scale is seventy, uh, which is at nineteen. At, yeah, <laughs> it's unheard of. He's a guy who's going to be growing into his frame. He's coming up as a shortstop right now. He's really big. He might have to move to third depending on his size, but he really insisted that when he was drafted that he wants to be a shortstop. Uh, And if he were a shortstop right now in the major leagues, he would be tied with Corey Seager for the tallest shortstop in the majors. So he is a big dude. Uh, Six foot four, I believe is what he measures in. So uh, the Nationals are really excited for him. They get him in a steal. It's pretty awesome that, you know, they had the 11th pick, but they're getting a guy who's immediately a top 100 prospect. That doesn't really happen. A whole lot. Usually you'll get, you know, the first five, six picks will crack the top 100. He was all the way down at 11 and he's still on there. That goes to show how well he played in rookie ball right off the bat, which he did play really well, even though it's a little bit more hitter friendly. Um, He's going to get to go to low A this year and and we'll see kind of how he progresses. The defense is really going to be what determines how he's going to come up through the system, whether or not it gets moved to third or short. Uh, but either way, I think the Nationals are going to clear a path no matter what. Uh, if he's ready to move up, they're going to they're going to move him up. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see how he progresses through the system. And Cavalli, you know, what, what more yeah. can we say about him? Had a huge year last year, breakout season, led all minor league pitchers and strikeouts, uh, you know, moved all the way up to triple A, just excelled at high A, excelled at double A, and then kind of hit a roadblock at triple A. Is, is, is really his walk rate jumped a lot, his control wasn't great. He was kind of finding that, you know, he wasn't able to just chuck high fastballs and, and, and get guys to swing and miss. We he actually saw better approaches in AAA. So I think he's going to end up back there to start the season, get him adjusted a little bit, not since he was humbled. Uh, and if he can get that control working, you know, I, I have all the confidence in the world that he's going to be in the majors by the end of the season. 
Yeah, the simplicity, the simple one is Cade, right? It's Cade, um, the projection of, you know, so people might say top 50 guy. Well, and uh, Keith Law said, I think, you know, number three starter, you know, and, and people would say, oh, top 50 guy, you might want a bit higher. The Nationals, they'll take any guy who can eat 200 innings. I think after watching the number of dudes last year at a pitch for Nats, it's like, can he be good? Yes. Like, I don't need him to be Strasburg prime. I don't need him to be 80% of Strasburg prime. I need him to be like Joe Ross good from last season every five days. I think a Nationals fan would take that because, number one, consider the lack of dependability in Nationals' developed arms. They have not developed a lot of guys and gotten them into the majors for the long term. And you know, also too, it's like they just they need bodies. They they do not they do not have bodies at that point. That's why John Lester was going there pitching every day. That's why it's like you know, on a team that was more deep, Patrick Corbin would probably be out of there at some point in time, right? You, you know, you, you, a guy like that. All right, an investment. You we'll see what happens in the pen or something like that. No, they had to let him go every fifth day, and we, you kind of knew how it was going to go most days, right? So. That's the thing. The Nationals just need good quality starting pitching. And I think you're right. It's like, all right, if he shows some development, some growth, he's good to go. Major leagues. We're good. But, you know, yes. it, there'll, be some, there'll be some pains. There always is. But, like, if he shows enough, we're, we're fine with that, right? This is a year where you figure out who you got. You know, the, yes. the timeline, you know, the Nationals have not put out an official timeline of when they'd like to return to contention. Mike Rizzo said at the trade deadline last year that he wanted it to be in the, quote, near future. Uh, which is, of course, vague. But I, I think that Juan Soto's contract is everything that you need to know uh, as to how they want to return to contention. That's three more years left of team control that they have Soto. And if they have any hope of extending him, they're going to need to show him, similar to what the Wizards are doing with Bradley Beal right now, mm -hmm. although albeit failing, uh, you know, showing them that they can put together a winning product around him uh, and he can sign that extension knowing that they're going to compete in D.C. for a long time. So I think the clock's ticking three years now. Uh, they they need to get back to it. So this first year, it's really just figuring out, okay, who do we got? You know, is Cade Cavalli going to be ready to, to reach the major mm -hmm. leagues? What's Josiah Gray going to do with a full season's workload? He had some injury problems last year. Is his shoulder going to hold up uh, 100%? Uh, are we going to see guys like Lane Thomas earn playing time? Are we going to see Riley Adams uh, start maybe playing some first base? Or is he, you know, going to be, you know, more in that catcher rotation with KB Ruiz is Ruiz going to be somebody that can be depended on, you know, four out of five games every week is uh, Carter Keboom or Luis Garcia going to be able to be a part of this team when it's ready to contend. You know, these are all players who in Victor Robles can't even get it started on him. You know, these are all players who are basically in tryout mode going into 2022 and the nationals have the roster space to, to give them every opportunity uh, that they might need to, to prove themselves. And, you know, after this season, I think it's going to be really telling uh, who they have and who they don't. And, you know, if they can maybe stock up a few more guys in the farm system, they're going to be have the number five pick in the draft uh, this year, which is huge, not just because you get the number five pick, but you have the number five pick in every round. Uh, so, you know, that gives you a chance to maybe, you know, hit on your second, third, fourth round guys, uh, when, you know, the Nationals are usually picking in the back half of those rounds and, and are running into a bit more problems getting guys who might be able to make it. So, uh, you know, figure out who you got. Try to to pad that farm system as much as you can this year. Uh, and then, you know, maybe next year or the year after you start signing guys in free agency to build around the core that you've got. Yeah, and then Brady House, you know, I just I want to know who's going to have the conversation with It's like, look, Brady, shortstop's not going to happen, man. I mean, it's just not it's like that's going to. And, and here's the thing. 
it actually might be perpetuated by his hitting, right? There might be a situation where it's like, Brady, you're so damn good at hitting the ball that first base is yours. And I'm sorry, you want to play shortstop, right? You know, people see him at that's third. The thing, runner, that's but like, the thing about House, though, is his defense is actually really good. He is very good, but like at He's that size, third, third base, a, third base has got to be the, the consideration there. I mean, you know, it's just shorter, smaller, more compact athletes work it short because of the, of the you know, the return times. We got, we got to, the ball's got to be out. It's got to be faster and look like, you know, I want a guy who's longer to make those plays over at third. You're the guy who can, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of make that stuff happen from that distance from third to first, whatever it is. Um, his defense is good, but like at 19 at that size, every, when everybody says it's going to trend one way, you know, if he proves all of us wrong, awesome to him. Yeah, he's Corey Seager. Yeah, which is great. It's amazing, and and you know, and Corey Seager maybe even a bit more power, right? Which means he is a good lord. The Nationals they they swing and, and make that one. Yeah. yeah. So you know that that's the best part. Now I see in a situation like, hey, you know, if he starts raking, and they're like, look, can you be our six four brick wall at first base? You know, they Josh Bell's going whatever it is down the line because you're so good at hitting. We need you know we're trying to find a spot for you and. God forbid there's no DH. Uh, you know, maybe that's a situation for him. But yeah, I mean, all those comps and everything is it's it's awesome. It's awesome to hear that that you know everything's is going well uh in that department. And so I think Nationals fans excitement should be should be how you feel about about uh, the I know there's a very limited number of them, uh, but but excitement is where I am with, with Brady House. Yeah, you know, I, I think that um, you know, you mentioned Jackson Rutledge and, you know, there are a couple of guys, yes, Ellen Tuna, who's on the 40 man roster. Um, and Andre Lara, who is, I believe he's entering his age 20 season coming off a low a season, uh, last year, a couple of international signees, you know, the Nats farm system, it's still not good. It's probably yeah. around that 15 to 20 range. If you're ranking them among all 32 teams, uh, or 30 teams, sorry, I'm in football mode. Um, <laughs> you know, it, he's, they're probably still in that back half, maybe somewhere in the middle uh, kind of farm system. But, uh, you know, you don't need a top. You know, they're not trying to go into a four or five rear rebuild, right? You know, those teams at the top, unless you're the Dodgers, uh, you know, those are teams that are like the Orioles and the Marlins and the Padres, teams that really went all in for almost half a decade rebuilding their farm system. The Nationals aren't trying to do that. You know, I think if you can finish this year, uh, you know, after you maybe, you know, sign some guys uh, after this flurry of moves that's going to come when the lockout ends, get some one-year deals, flip those at the deadline, and then make their draft picks. You know, if you do that and you develop guys the way that the Nationals are hoping to develop, because, you know, they absolutely bulked up their player development staff, 14 new roles, 20 new hires. This is a, a complete overhaul of their player development staff going into this season. If you can develop a few guys, bulk up your farm system a little bit, and maybe be, you know, fringe top 10, a top 10 farm system, that's kind of all you really need to, to be at because you just are building up depth. You know, you the Nationals right. have proven under Mike Rizzo that they find value in free agency and trades. Mike Rizzo is as good as it gets at signing free agents. Uh, you know, he's, his misses and trades are few and far between. Uh, and, you know, that's their formula for success. And the guys that come from their farm system tend to be guys that fill in the gaps more so than the stars. I mean, of course, there's, you know, the Anthony Rendones and the Bryce Harpers and the Juan Sotos. And they're obviously hoping to have that in the Cade Cavallis and the Brady Houses. And, you know, if Jackson Rutledge can put things together this year, although I think that the 
the team and, and not maybe not the team, but prospect evaluators in general kind of soured on him a little bit. Uh, there's some reliever risk there, especially after the injuries he had last year. Uh, but overall, if you can hit on just a couple of those guys and the rest are just depth pieces that, you know, maybe Armando Cruz ends up being, you know, a good utility infielder. Uh, you know, if his bat doesn't develop the way you want, but he's still a really good defender, you know, that's that's what you're kind of looking for from this rebuild because the Nationals, like I said, are a team that builds through free agency and trades and they've established that they can win that way. Quick word from our sponsors here. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.net. You guys go to betonline.net today. Uh, you guys can check out football, basketball, baseball, all those kinds of odds. I'm sure they have odds on how the lockout or when the lockout on how many games we'll play this year. Uh, best online sports book going right now. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers for 2022 bet online it's where the game starts all right one quick thought to get you out of here matt sportsbook opening up at nat spark now nats fans if you're at the game you can't go to the sportsbook while you're at the game that would obviously detract from the product in the field we don't want that well, but you can't great, use the, you can't oh yeah actually so be an app. Deal? You, can, you can bet from starting this season you'll be able to bet from your seats and anywhere within a two block radius of the stadium you'll be able to use the bet so there you, go. you don't have to be in the book now i i know uh, Matt, I'm not sure if you've been to a sports book before. Um, I've been to Vegas sports book to me. It's a great vibe. It's not for everybody. I love the vibe in a sports book. It's always great. But tons of TVs, but before and after a baseball game, man, maybe head down there. It's three o'clock game. One, whatever. One o'clock pitch, you know, go hang out there for a couple hours for the game, go hang out a couple hours after the game. I think it's a great addition. And also, if I'm, you know, reading everything correct. This is the first kind of in stadium slash next stadium slash comma stadium sports book we're going to get here in all of major league baseball yeah it's the first one in mlb there's only two teams with plans to do it uh the other team being the cubs uh wrigley field they're adding one there as well That's awesome. uh, but it's actually not new to dc capital one arena added uh mm -hmm. sports book with william hill uh which is open in same here uh with this bet mgm one you know i i i partake in some sports betting i obviously don't bet on the nationals uh in any capacity but uh, I love betting on football and, and, mm -hmm. and basketball, stuff like that. Hockey is actually really fun to bet on. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, but, that's very true. Yeah. So I, I think it adds to the experience. You know, I get that there was a lot of people mad on Twitter, which I guess is just a common theme, no matter what is going what on. What are they mad about? I didn't see this. I mean, it, yeah. If you look at the replies to the tweet uh, that the nationals put out announcing it, it was just kind of like, Oh, this is annoying. There's going to be all this signage and, and, you know, sports betting being thrown in my face, blah, blah, blah. There's commercials everywhere, you know, and I, I guess I get it. Like they are really cramming it down our throats a little bit because it's so brand new and they're, you know, getting all these people onto the, um, but Matt, if it's not sports betting, it's something else. I mean, that, that's, no, that's it's true. Against, I mean, I, you know, hey, Coca-Cola or Pepsi or, or, you know, or Bud Light. I mean, they're going to throw something down your face, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And there are some people who are like, Oh, Pete Rose. Yeah. I don't think that's really something you can bring into this conversation. It's oh, one soda's betting now. Cause there's a sports book. Yeah, in exactly, Canada, right. right? We're in danger here. Yeah. You know, it's, you have to like, you, I think pretty sure you have to do like a background check or something to create an account, you know, yeah. uh, social so, security number. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to put in, you, know, you have to ch check your address when you do it. You know, I live in Virginia, so it's legalized statewide. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's pretty easy to do it over here, but uh, you know, I, I think it's great, and I, I think it just adds to the fan experience. Another reason for people to go to the park, for people to go to Navy Yard, uh, which is turning into to such a fun area. Um, mm -hmm. I've actually spent a lot of time in this off season. Uh, I forget what the name of that beer garden is, like right around the corner from the stadium, next to that Bol Bolero is right there. I can't remember what it's called, but it's awesome. Um, there's a, there's cool. a mission. I think there's a mission there too. It's missions a there, party. yeah. Missions great. Oh, so yeah, uh, yeah. 
highly um, recommend for brunch. Um, what's the What's the place everybody goes? Uh, I want to say the Battery. It's next to Atlanta Stadium. Uh, what's the bullpen. The bullpen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, bullpen's oh, great. Oh, great. Yeah. When uh when the Nats won the World Series, I spent the first half of the game um in the bullpen. The only reason mm. I left, I actually I had tickets to the watch party at the stadium, so I went to the stadium um halfway through the game because uh the screen at the bullpen was 30 seconds behind Twitter. And so <laughs> I had I was refreshing on my phone and I'm like, no, uh, it's good. <laughs> I had to go to the stadium so that it was it was live uh, and I could watch it from there. It was also pouring down rain that day, so um, so I now, guess. now you can just go sit in the sports book, right? And exactly. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. You can watch it in there, which it's all nationals decked out. Um, I right, tried, right. I tried posting a video that Nats sent this video, uh, of like footage of, of, uh, going yeah, around. It looks, it looks nice. I was man. trying to tweet it out, but the, the file they sent was like not compatible with Twitter. So it wouldn't let me tweet it. So sorry. I was trying to give everybody a, a good access, uh, look at it, but, um, the file was, was messed up. So. Uh, they'll have to settle for going themselves and it looks pretty yeah. awesome. So I'd recommend it. All right, Matt, uh, plug all of your stuff. Just uh, once again, let me know everybody. I messed up his, his Twitter thing. There are not two ads. That was an error. Uh, Matt, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Yep. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at by Matt Wyrick. DMs are always open. Uh, feel free to shoot me a message about whatever. Uh, and you can check out my work at NBCSportsWashington.com, uh, where you can find my latest stories, including one on KBIT Ruiz and the new wave of catching prospects that could be changing the game uh, and maybe bringing some offense to the catching position that we haven't seen in recent years. So go check that out. Catcher is red hot right now. I love it. Oh, yeah. The I stock love is how red hot my stock now. way up. The boys who squat and just take a beating all day long. Uh, now I love it's my it. time to shine. Yes, it is. Uh, you guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. It's right there. Find the show at LO underscore Nationals and find it on Twitter uh, or find it on uh, YouTube and also wherever you guys get your podcast. Matt, we always appreciate your time, man. Thanks. No problem, man. Thanks for having me.